Portions of the day's programming are reproduced by means of electrical transcriptions or tape recordings. Time for School, Rock School, with your hosts, Dr. Joe Burns. The bird never says nevermore. He's insane. The uh, bird goes squawk, and he hears it as nevermore. <laughs> that's, that's probably true, because he does things. say at the end, the bird never leaves. Class is in. This is the Rock School Radio Show, Rock School Radio Network, and it's a special show today because there's a little bit of mathematics involved. This is show number 416. Monique, what does that mean? 416. 416. Eight years? Eight years. I did it! I did it! I think I told you before the show, too. But let's pretend (laughs) that you actually did it. Every time we have a year show, what I like to do is have somebody into the studio who has suggested a show for us, have Mm -hmm. someone who has suggested a topic. The person who suggested a topic is sitting to my right. Now, you know the guy to my left, but the woman to my right, what is your name, dear? Becky Walker. Becky Walker is here. Now, you're an undergraduate in English, which is where the topic is going to come from. Correct. But you actually teach mathematics. I do. Why would you do that? Why would you Uh, jump to mathematics? Because, uh, you know, a lot of people ask me why I was in both disciplines, and basically my answer is reading, writing, and arithmetic. See? Excellent. What's the square root of 64? Eight. See? Plus or minus eight. No, depends on how you define square root. So let's get technical here. (laughs) Stop. Stop. It's going to be a good show, Joe. Hurts all the thing. Guy to my left, you know the voice already. It's Dan McCarthy. Thank you for coming back. Good to be back, Joe. Very excited. All right. What are we talking about? One of you, what's the topic today? So basically, we're going to look at literature and rock music. Right. Literary references. For example, Iron Maiden, The Trooper, is based on Alfred Lloyd Tennyson's Charge of the Light Brigade. Okay. That's one of them. Sure, I found that one. For Whom the Bell Tolls, Metallica, Ernest Hemingway's 1940 novel of the same name. So, mm-hmm. But we have a bunch of other ones there. Now, you said you had a Dylan. We're not going to play the Dylan one, but what is the... What is the example you have from Bob Dylan? What is the, that? The example is Bob Dylan and basically pretty much most of his work. I mean, Bob Dylan, you cannot run out of literary references within Bob Dylan. Just for example, on uh, the song Desolation Row, he refers to T.S. Eliot, Ezra Pound, Quasimodo, Cinderella. The list just goes huh. on. And, and this yeah. is a the theme of a lot of his work is he's doesn't so much grab um, other words people wrote, but infused them into his music. Because I think Dylan really um, thought of himself as a peer, as a literary peer. He's, I mean, Dylan is, in my mind, the, the poet laureate of rock and roll, voice of a generation, um, and, of, of many generations. And um, and he so he would also um, have the impact of literature in his uh, um, songs. A great thing is the uh, Tangled Up in Blue, where he uh, talks about, she opened up a book of poems and handed it to me, written by an Italian poet from the 15th century. In every one of them, words rang true and glowed like burning coal, pouring off of every page like it was written into my soul from me to you. Very nice. That is an example of what literature can do, and Bob did it all the time. And um, there's a good reason he's been nominated for the Nobel Prize in Literature. True. He deserves I'll buy that. it. So I'll buy that. That's but that's not the one we're going to play. Moving over to our English mathematician, 
We're going to do the one by the police, which, if you're a professor, should make you just a little bit uncomfortable. Don't stand so close to me. <laughs> Back from 1980. What's the, what's the literary reference of Don't Stand So Close to Me? Well, it's Lolita right. by Nabokov. Mm-hmm. So um, it turns out that Sting was actually an English professor at some point in time and right. said that he had a lot of young girls who were interested in him. And quite frankly, at that point in time, he said, I'm surprised I never acted upon it. So... <laughs> He, you know, came up with this idea of putting together a song that kind of talks about, you know, sure. something going on between a teacher and a young student. So. Does it ever happen in the song, though? I know he picks her up at the bus stop because his car is warm and dry, but do you ever yeah. get in the song that it actually happens? Yeah, because yeah. they talk about them being in the cloakroom together by themselves, and so that is kind of an idea uh, of that going room. on. Now, what's interesting is that when you you look at the book Lolita, um, it turns out that the main character, which is Humbert Humbert, was actually a literary person. Mm. So he ends up marrying a woman so that he can be close to her 12-year-old daughter. It's it's pretty graphic, but the interesting part about it is that although he plans on um, taking advantage of her, she has gone to a summer camp and actually seduces him. So, well, there's a twist. Chicks, what are you going to do? Yeah. <laughs> right. I understand also there's a belief system that uh, Lolita might have had some imp- inspiration from Charlie Chaplin. Hmm. Mm. It's the police. Don't stand so close to me here in Roxville. out of the police don't stand so close to me again if you're a professor that should make you shudder just a little bit how about this tom sawyer rush loosely based on of course tom sawyer thank you very much ladies and gentlemen clocks by cold play denotes shooting an apple off somebody's head anybody Uh, want to take a shot at it william tell william tell thank you by schiller and golden slumbers by the police any idea what that's based on the beatles right Joe? the beatles right it's not based on the beatles it's by the beatles thank you uh the poem the cradle song by thomas decker golden slumbers fills your eyes uh smiles awake uh, when you arise pretty sleep pretty darling do not cry and i will sing a lullaby oh so there you are very sweet what are we doing now, Becky? Go on over there. We're going to oh, look oh, at... Oh, by the way, what's the smallest prime number? I'm sorry, what? But you're a math <laughs> yeah. teacher. What's the, what's the smallest prime number? You're throwing me off here in the I'm middle of the morning. I'm just trying to help, but you're a math teacher, too. Thank you very much. Okay, go ahead. Okay, so we're going to look at Led Zeppelin's Ramble On. And the main idea there is that they loved, loved, loved The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings. So they have a lot of illusions there. Um, why? Why? Why do you love those books? Why can't books? I get into Lord of the Rings? Why am I? I'm suppo- with you. I'm oh, the same way. I have read the. I've read one of the books. I have watched the movies. I can't get into them. What's I, wrong with me? I don't know. I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know. know. It's it's not clicking with me. I don't get it. But anyway, go right ahead. I don't know. You're I, you're a strange person. It is. It's <laughs> odd. Well, Zeppelin liked the fantasy anyhow. They did a lot of that. I mean, a lot of times they're writing songs True. about, you know, squeezing lemons and whatnot. But <laughs> they also did, like, fantasy and mythology. They had, you know, uh, what's Achilles' Last Stand. Right. And the Immigrant mm-hmm. Song had Valhalla. And so sure. they're always and even that song, uh, Battle of Evermore, is kind of a fantasy. Sure. So this is totally consistent to... What they do. relate to right. the greatest fantasy writer of all time, I might add, because okay. I think 
Tolkien's fantastic and love it. Lord, I tried. <laughs> Ernie, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. Tell me about Ramble On. What's, what's in Ramble On that is the literary reference? Okay, so he says, "'Twas in the darkest steps of Mordor I met a girl so fair, but Gollum and the evil one crept up and slipped away with her." You got to wonder if those who were listening at the time when this was popular, not now, but when it first came out, when you had the people that had the houses of the holy poster um, and you had the black light, you know, in the modified 7-Up can, you got to wonder if they looked at it, you know, threw up the devil sign and went, yeah, Tolkien, 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 let's ramble on right here in Rock School. Coming out of uh, Ramble On, Zeppelin here on Rock School. Uh, okay, Beck, a, um, a train leaves Chicago nice. going 37 miles per hour, um, filled with oranges. How many bananas? Are, I don't even know what I'm talking yeah. about. Let's, uh, let's move on. Let's get out of the mathematics thing here. Here's a few more literary references we won't play. The song Whip It by Devo is actually based on the novel Gravity's Rainbow by Thomas Pynchon. Huh. Did you oh. even know that? No, it's such no. a random. I didn't. Yeah, you don't exactly. think so? Yeah, I think it's weird. Oh, you think it's weird? <laughs> oh, sure, it is weird. I mean, Devo's weird in a great That's way. That's true. Uh-huh. I think right. I think you'll be able to get this even if you didn't know. Springsteen's "The Ghost of Tom Joad" yeah, was based on anybody? Anybody? S- Steinbeck. Yeah. Steinbeck. Yeah. Grapes of yeah. Wrath. Yeah. Excellent. Mm-hmm. The song "Breathe" you two based on the novel. Anybody? Anybody? Uh, anybody? No. Ulysses uh, James Joyce. Oh, okay. <laughs> There you go. What? The coach read to us from a book called Ulysses. What are we talking about? What's the song we're going to play? We're going to look at Fat Boy Slim's Weapon mm-hmm. of Choice. Okay. And it's a line in there that gets repeated again and again. It which is. is. It says, walk without rhythm and it won't attract the worm. Right. And what so does that mean? this is a... a an allusion to the book Dune by Frank Herbert. And Dune, believe it or not, is the world's best-selling science fiction novel, right. which I was very surprised you to You mean hear more that. Lord of the Rings? Well, I guess it depends on whether you consider that science fiction or not, because that might be a fantasy fiction. I'm not sure how they categorize it. Um, The novel is set on the future, and it has to do with a spice called melange, which is the most important and valuable substance in the universe. And the lines actually refer to these giant desert-dwelling sandworms that guard the spice and which are drawn to rhythmic noises, such as the shuffling of human footsteps. Uh So, for Fat Boy Slim, if you look at electric dance music, that's going to be the rhythm. Sure. And what happens in the, again, I don't know, I don't know the story. The worms, I assume, come up and eat you or Well, kill the worms you, would definitely come up and eat you. They're, they're big gigantic. Worms, they're big they're worms. like as big yes. as many and so, and so what happens is as they're mining it, they have to have like sentries who are out there watching for the worm signs. And then <laughs> they have to get their equipment and run away really fast right. into the rocks so that they can't be eaten. So Christopher Walken dancing would probably, in the video, would probably attract the worms. I think so. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's Fat Boy Slim on Rock School. It's going beyond being a man As I drift off into 
Coming into the first break here on Rock School, as we talk about rock and literary references, Nirvana's Scentless Apprentice has a, a great deal lifted from Patrick Suskind's Perfume. So if you know the song, go read that, and you will see it. They Might Be Giants, Birdhouse in Your Soul. Oh, I like that song. Homer's Odyssey. Hmm. Really? Ah. Homer's Odyssey. Is there a bee in your bonnet in that Odyssey? (laughs) (laughs) Might be. be. The Beastie Boys, Shadrach. Great tune. I think you'll be able to pull that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Right, Right, sure. And also, I believe it it does a shout-out to Salinger, Charles Dickens, Alfred E. Newman of Mad Magazine. Pink Floyd, Pigs, three different ones. Can you pick where that came from? Oh, jeez. How hmm? about George Orwell? Animal right. Farm? Whoa, I guess. Oh, Good okay. for you. Whoa. George Orwell. Fantastic. Oh, okay. Animal Farm. Now, I agree with you on this one as well. You're not the biggest fan of this, so what's the, what's so, the reference? Kate Bush has a song called Wuthering Heights. And, mm-hmm. um, well, Wuthering Heights is... Yeah, I mean, it's, it's this um, novel, this wonderful love story uh, by, I guess, uh, Emily Bronte, one of the Brontes. Uh, mm-hmm. It's Emily. And, um, I mean, it makes sense to <laughs> One of the Brontes. Emily, one of the, yeah, as I, <laughs> yeah, one of those girls. A, Brontes all over the place. But, I mean, Kate Bush is just um, kind of like an art rocker, sort of like in the Peter Gabriel mode where she right. infused theatrical and dance, and it makes sense for her to have literature yeah. in there, too, and her it's type of music. Very arty. It's Bjork light. Yeah. Oh, no. Uh, yeah. oh, no, no, no. It's Bjork <laughs> follows in her footsteps. I was going to say, no. You think Bjork follows follows her? I think, um, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh. Well, they're, they're, they're different. I think they're just so different. No. I really can't compare them. Okay. Well, it's kind of interesting that you, that you refer to it as a great tragic love story is, right? because uh, not so much i mean said so. this I, I reread this yeah uh, <laughs> the heathcliff notes ah, yeah. thank you all and and when you hear about heathcliff and Catherine, a lot of times that is like oh this wonderful yeah. love story well i reread the book probably within the last year and it's really about mental and physical cruelty Ugh. um heathcliff and Catherine ended up growing up in the same household kind of like sister and brother mm-hmm. although he was a ward of her father and she ends up forsaking him even though she's in love with him because she wants to move up in society. And then she ends up dying in childbirth. And after her death, he's haunted by her memory. And he believes she's calling to him from the beyond outside of a window, which is one of the phrases in the in the book, uh, in the song that you hear by Kate Bush. And, uh, yeah, it's just really kind of deep and depressing. Oh. oh. Uh, well, so sad. <laughs> let's, let's go get On some food. Yeah. Hey, thanks for listening to us, WMCE Erie, Pennsylvania. That was that was great. Well, you sucked the air out of the room on that one. <laughs> Who else is listening to us? Radio Universidad in Salamanca, Spain. Lovely. Get us on Facebook. Uh, Facebook. Thank you. Search Rock School Radio Show and like us. You really like us. Back in a minute. We'll see if we can't cheer things up here on Rock School. All right, coming out of the break, ready for this? 
I'm going to give you a literary reference that will shake you. The Insane Clown Posse. No. This is, you were listening to them on the way in, weren't you? Back sure. Had them on the old cassette player. Uh, they have a song called Old Evil Eye. I love the man. This is the lyric. I love the man. He had never wronged me. He had never given me insult for his gold. I had no desire. Edgar Allan Poe. Yes. Good for you. Ah. The Telltale Heart. Yes. Thump, 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 thump. Good for you. All right, get us into the next song. What are we doing? Okay, we're going to look at The Doors, End of the Night. Okay. Um, and well, wait, First of all, yes. where did the name The Doors come from? That's a literary reference in and of itself. Tell me what you think. What do I think? Mm-hmm. Uh, Aldous Huxley's book, yes. The Doors of Perception. Yes. A lot of people say Thank that they you. actually got it from William Blake. Yeah. And William Blake actually... Aldous Huxley got that from William Blake. But his his book, The Doors of Perception, is detailing his experiences when taking mescaline. So that kind of sounds like more of a good reference for The Doors. Um, But in William Blake's poem, he says, If the doors of perception were cleansed, everything would appear to man as it is, infinite. Oh, oh, there we go. Some inside wow. jokes. Awesome. Do I have to? Yeah. Do I have to do this yeah. now? Yeah. Right, exactly. <laughs> it sounds like beatniks, huh? So, um, in the in the song, the end of the night, uh, it reads: "Some are born to sweet delight; some are born to the endless night." And that actually is by William Blake. It's from Auguries of Innocence, and it's a great poem. It begins with, to see a world in a grain of sand and a heaven in a wildflower, hold infinity in the palm of your hand and eternity in an hour. That's deep, man. I was going to say, I wow. Like that. like, That's like better than like Kansas lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. Nothing's better than <laughs> Kansas lyrics. That was a Bill and Ted Wow. Reference. I'm going to sit here and, and enjoy this. Let's play the doors just for fun. Push the button here in Rock School. Coming out of the doors here on Rock School, it is the eighth year anniversary here of Rock School, and we have Beck Walker and, I keep forgetting your name, that's right, Dan McCarthy. <laughs> Dr. Death yeah, McCarthy. Yeah, Dr. Death McCarthy here <laughs> in, the, in, the, uh, in the studio. We're going to do seven days and 70 seconds here, uh, take a break from the rock and literature topic, but first let me throw one at you. Do you remember Cheryl Crow's All I Want to Do? Unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. Did you like yeah. it the first half a million mm. times you heard it? Not really. Yeah. <laughs> it was inspired by the poem Fun by Wynne Cooper. It says in the poem, all I want to do is have a little fun before I die, says the man sitting next to me out of nowhere. Huh? And she took it from that. So let's do seven days, 70 seconds. These are the dates, March 30th all the way through April 5th. Something that happened on these rock and roll dates, I believe. You have Monday, Monique. Go. March 30th, 1974, John Denver went to number one on the U.S. singles chart with Sunshine on My Shoulders, the singer's first of four U.S. number ones. March 31st, 1967, Jimi Hendrix sets fire to his guitar live on stage for the first time when he was appearing at the Astoria in London, England. That's fun. April 1st, 1970, as an April Fool's joke, John Lennon and Yoko Ono issued a statement to the press that they were having dual sex change operations. They didn't have those? That didn't happen? (laughs) By the way, April 1st, happy birthday, dear. My wife's birthday. April 2nd, 1971, Janis Joplin was at number one on the U.S. album charts with Pearl, posthumously, I'm sorry to say. 
April 3rd, 2001, Robbie Williams won the award for the most radio plays in the UK for the third year running. April 4, 2008, Beyonce Knowles marries Jay-Z at his New York apartment. And then finally, April 5, 1985, at 3.50 p.m. Greenwich Mean Time, over 5,000 different radio stations worldwide. I did it. My radio station did it. Aired the charity single, USA for Africa, We Are the World. The single went on to be a number one in the UK and the US and in most Western territories. And that wraps up seven days and 70 seconds. Okay, back over to our English slash mathematics slash literary reference genius. Go ahead. What are we talking about? Oh, now, I'm, now I've got too much credit. Yes. Uh, so George Orwell um, was mentioned earlier, and 1984 has inspired all kinds of things. We've got terms such as Big Brother double speak or thought police that describe our governments and its policies but he has also inspired dozens of musical artists in particular um you could look at bowie who had a song called 1984 right i was going to mention exactly that right uh oingo boingo has wake up it's 1984 and the lyrics of the song uh, will comment on some of the goings-on that are in the book and the eurythmics have a song for the love of big brother that is a great um a play on the central theme. But in 2009, the English band Muse wrote the album The Resistance, and that was based on Orwell's book. In Great fact, album. Bellamy says he's, when he realized it was going to be an influence, he started to do some research and reread it. So, Very good. It's Resistance, Muse on Rocksville. Coming out of Muse, here's a couple here for you. Velvet Underground. Any idea where the term the Velvet Underground came from? Oh, I've heard about this. Oh, have you heard about this? Uh, is it Burroughs, maybe? Uh, yeah. I, the same name, where is it here? Uh, a book by the person named Michael Lee here. All right, I have no idea. Got it? No? No? Mm-hmm. Okay. White Rabbit, Jefferson Airplane. It's all about Alice's journey through... Through Wonderland. Yeah, Wonderland, because it states here, the White Knight, the Red Queen, remember what the Dormouse says, feed your head, right. all of that. So there's all kinds of references inside of White Rabbit to um, uh, to Alice's journey through Wonderland. And also, the walrus mocks the penguin. It says here, elementary penguins singing Harry Krishna. Man, you should have seen them kicking Edgar Allan Poe. Obviously, Poe is inside of there. But here's the quote from John Lennon. I saw Allen Ginsberg and some other people who liked Dylan and Jesus going on about Harry Krishna. It was Ginsberg in particular I was referring to. The words elementary penguin meant that it's naive to just go around chanting Hare Krishna or putting your faith in one idol. So he took a shot at Ginsberg by using the there term elementary wow. penguin. Nice or so says, you know, John Lennon. I, 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 bleh. I have no idea. Uh, the Walrus is a nod to Lewis Carroll's character, and Goo Goo uh-huh. is lifted right out of Joyce uh, Finnegan's uh, Joyce's Finnegan's Wake. Okay, so there's a whole bunch. Where are you going now? Uh, I want to look at the crash test dummies, All afternoons right. and coffee spoons. See, I know nothing of the crash test dummies except their hit where the baritone voice guy is. That's all I know. Yikes. So tell me about it. So this song, um, Afternoons and Coffee Spoons, actually went to the top 10 in Canada, where the band is from. It went to the, it was a top 40 hit in Australia and the United Kingdom. It was in the lower portion of the U.S. Hot 100. Mm-hmm. But the title and 
and the lyrics of the song are based on a T.S. Eliot poem, the love song of J. Alfred Prufrock, which is one of my favorites. So um, the, the, the title of the song itself comes from the phrase, For I have known them all already, known them all, have known the evenings, mornings, afternoons, I have measured out my life with coffee spoons. There you oh, go. Yeah. yeah. Lovely. It's an amazing poem. You really ought to read it. It's just, yeah, it'll give you chills. Crash Test Dummies, Afternoons and Coffee Spoons here on Rock School. All right, coming into the second break here on Rock School. Since you liked the uh, insane clown posse reference so much, here's another one. Coolio, Gangster's Paradise. Back from 1995, the very first line, as I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, Mm -hmm. thus the literary reference is? The Bible. The Bible. Can you do it specifically? Psalms. Okay, keep going. 23. Wow. Fantastic. Well, this, let's this just... from someone who doesn't really know the Bible. Very well, well, good for you, though. That's, I'm sure. Well, he like... stole that from us, Stevie Wonder, too. Uh, Did he Pastime really? Paradise. The song, Pastime Paradise. The music Perfect. Kind of that, yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Well, okay. Well, let's just test you again, then. <laughs> Mathematics lady. What is the answer to the life, the universe, and everything? Well, let's just move on. It's, it's uh, 42. Okay. It's 42. <laughs> The Hitchhiker's Guide. Where are we Which going next? Which leads us into Radiohead's Paranoid Android. Ah, very and good. And the, um, the quote is, When I am king, you will be first against the wall with your mm-hmm. opinion, which is of no consequence at all. This is one of my favorite lines, and I didn't really realize that it came from The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy by mm-hmm. Douglas Adams. Cool. So the character is Marvin, who is the paranoid android. And he's the first robot that's created by the Sirius Cybernetics Corporation, and Marvin hates this corporation because they created him. <laughs> Excellent. Wonderful. The, one of the best characters ever is Marvin, the paranoid android. Right. He's just but amazing. the Sirius Cybernetics Corporation is the bunch of mindless jerks who will be the first against the wall when the revolution comes. So. Right. Uh-huh. WBSD, Burlington, Wisconsin. Thank you for running the radio show eight years. I think they have been with us the longest. BSD really? is our longest running Good for affiliate, and oh. we like them for it. Who else do we have? KCMJ, Colorado Springs, Colorado. Interestingly enough, they are our latest. Ah, yeah, That's I right. thought that was a new I one. I didn't mean for that to happen, but nice when things come together like that. Be back in a minute here on Rock School. Coming out of the break, here's a couple more we're not going to play. Emmylou Harris, My Antonia, which is from My Antonia, the novel by Willa Carter. Hmm. Uh, Senseless Apprentice Nirvana, from the story of a murderer by Patrick Suskind. That's uh, Nirvana one more time. And here, let me give you a Queen reference here. Uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. I don't know, is this even a, a, a literary reference where he says, Scaramouche, Scaramouche, will you do the Fandango? Scaramouche is a buffoonish 17th century stock character from an Italian farce. It literally translates to skirmish. Awesome. How about I that? I think that sounds that. literary. That's, that yeah. sounds literary? Yeah. 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 Now, you have something else about Queen, do you not? I do. So they have a song called Nevermore. And if you know the phrase Nevermore, you know it comes from Edgar Allan Poe's 
poem, The Raven. The Raven, mm-hmm. right. And um, in, the, in the poem, it talks about the fact that he's in his house by himself at night late, and there's a knock at his door. As he says, once upon a midnight dreary, while I pondered weak and weary over many a quaint and curious volume of forgotten lore. Isn't he upset over the death of his wife, Lenore, as well? He is absolutely upset about the death of his wife. And he, of course, feeds the bird, who only says the word nevermore, questions that are going to be answered in Mm -hmm. the most eerie way possible with Mm -hmm. that word. So the the song that is used by Queen actually kind of has that same type of thing. It's like, why did you have to leave me? Why did you deceive me? You send me to the path of nevermore when Mm -hmm. you say you don't love me anymore. But... Let me ask you this. I I was an English minor in undergrad, and mm-hmm. I got into this argument with one of my professors. The bird never says nevermore. He's insane. The uh, bird goes squawk, and he hears it as nevermore. <laughs> That's valid. That's, That's probably true, because he does legs. say at the end, the bird never leaves. Uh, he's just still sitting on that. So it's never a real flitting, bird. sitting on yes. my chamber right, door. exactly. Right. Oh, yeah. I, I fought like crazy over this, and it got to the point where the professor just simply said, hey, hey, hey. It's a poem. So, but yeah, I don't think the bird ever says a word. It just goes squawk, and this guy's insane because his wife has left him. He's probably, you know, absinthed himself mm-hmm. half to death, and that's what came out it's of it. It's probably much like Edgar Allan Poe himself. Oh, correct. Sure. And then, you know, once you're done with that one, go on to the fall of the House of Usher. Yes. And then get me started on that one. <laughs> Moving along, here's Queen on Rock School. There's no Coming out of a short one, Nevermore, that was Queen. Becky, it's a square root of 144. 12. 12. Very good. That's that's a gross number. All right. The Smiths, How Soon Is Now? Do you know the book George Eliot's Middlemarch? Heard of it. Heard of Never it? Never read it. They took the chorus almost directly from it. Wow. So, that's great there you go. If you read it, you'll have it. Procol Harum's Whiter Shade of Pale. I have no idea what the song means. I mean, people have gone around and round. I, I just have no concept. According to the source that I looked at, the 1967 song is a reference to Geoffrey Chaucer's Canterbury Tales. Okay. Okay. On one hand, the Miller's Tale is about adultery and unrequited love. See, I always took Whiter Shade of Pale to be about unrequited love. Yeah, the sexy Vestal Virgins and whatnot. Exactly. That's the way I took it. Uh, On the other hand, The Miller's Tale is also about flatulence, literal butt kissing, and a well-aimed red-hot poker. (laughs) Oofa. What's fun about this is when I I teach movies, uh, movie history and such like that, students are of the opinion that dirty lyrics in in terms of music and all that and Mm. certain themes in music only started being dealt with when they came out of the womb. (laughs) Right. You know, this stuff has been around since man could put word to paper. Absolutely. Or probably before that, yeah. Right. Tell stories. Yes. So, you know... Is it from Canterbury's Tales? Well, my guess is, sure, they took some stuff from there. Did they know what the whole thing was about? I don't know, because if it was up to me, I'd have put the red hot poker in there. That seems to be the highlight of the story. So, whiter shade of pale in Roxbury.
last break here on Rock School. There's only one that I haven't done that I brought, and it's uh, the Steely Dan reference. Uh, Dan, and since there's two women in the room, yeah. uh, go look it up look on it your up, own. Y'all. Yeah, look it up on your own. So <laughs> let's finish with one I already mentioned, which was? Which was Jefferson Airplane's White Rabbit. Now, I threw out a bunch of them, and you say, you know, Joe, you missed a bunch of already yes so go ahead yes. wrap well, us up on I, that song. i really just wanted to talk about grace slick so she ended up writing this when she was in a different band called the great society and what she said about it is that she talked about alice in wonderland that was often read to her as a child and she remembered the book very well because of that but she says the composition of the song was intended to be a slap to parents who would read their children such novels and then wonder why their children would later use drugs. <laughs> yeah. So oh. well, there's drugs in the story. Nothing. I mean, there's but. this little vial that oh, says, exactly. "Drink me." A oh, hookah yeah. smoking caterpillar. Right. right. <laughs> and and the one the one pill makes you larger. One pill makes you small. And the ones that mother gives you don't, don't do, do anything, anything at, at all. all. Right. As as my daughter says, my my wife is a pharmaceutical rep. Uh-huh. And as my as my daughter says, you know, well, my my mommy sells drugs. They're not good drugs. <laughs> That's at eight years old. That's what my daughter. Well, says. it turns out that because of the fact that it was kind of veiled, it was one of the first songs to sneak drug references past censors on the ah. radio. Oh, sure. Oh, yeah. Not a question. So that's going to wrap it up. We will finish with, uh, obviously, White Rabbit. So let's just go around one more time. You are? Beck Walker. You are? Dan McCarthy. You are? Monique Gregoire. Go back to your nickname. I like the nickname a whole lot better. What was the nickname? Dr. Death McCarthy. Dr. Death (laughs) McCarthy. Oh, my gosh, I love that. And I'm Joe Burns. And that wraps up our eighth year of rock school we're starting into it um and we'll we'll move along from here i have a certain number of shows i want to do before it all ends and we're nowhere near that number of shows so see you next week class is dismissed one pill makes you long